0: Hello and welcome to the Sunday morning writing session with me, Nick Byard, the show that tells you to do art badly. My name is Nick Byard, I am a stand up comic based in Reading, I am the promoter of MHS Comic Club, and I'm the host of this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to the Sunday morning writing session. The Sunday morning writing session, the Sunday morning writing session. this show is all about how art is for everyone and anyone can benefit from it. I think when you get older as an adult, it's, it's easy to lose contact from art, but there are lots of people out there doing it at a grassroots level. And those people in my head are, are like the heroes, I think. The people who have full-time jobs or they have other responsibilities. But they they do art anyway, and they do it for a variety of reasons. They do it for themselves. Some of them are, well, you know, they're desperate to get famous. But together, they're they're building something, and it makes life have a little bit more colour in it. And on this show, we're going to talk to those people. We're going to talk to people who are doing art at a grassroots level, who are building artistic communities and are making the world a little bit brighter for all of us. And I think, like, the the idea of this show is to kind of, you know, it's all very well making all your money from art. That's that's great. Uh, but the aim of this, and, and, you know, a lot of us aspire to do that. But this also is also about how you don't have to be incredible at art to be getting something from it for for everyone, for other people to get something from it. You know, it, you, you can be just doing a hobby, and that has value. And I'm sure we have a method and, and ideas about it and, I'm interested in those ideas so that that's what this show is about and we're going to talk to frontline artists some, i mean sometimes we talk to we talk to you know we we will have in we'll inevitably have famous people on this podcast i tell you that but you know we talk to real people who do it as a living we talk to all sorts of people we're going to find out what makes them tick we're going to learn about their process and we have some really fantastic guests on for you today we've got graham hunter who is a stand-up comic based in Oxford, and he, I see him him as a bit of a. He might disagree with me on this, but I see him as a bit of a community leader of the the grassroots uh, Oxford stand-up circuit, and he's someone who has who's made the world a bit brighter, I think. And our second guest is Ellie Shaw, who is a fantastic stand-up comic and also a clown, a complete clown. No, she's a, she's at Goulers. You may not have heard of this. We'll talk about it later. But there's a There's a clown school, a renowned clown school in France, where lots of people, big people, elf lions, you probably won't have heard of. But Sasha Baronco, the guy who did Borat, you probably will have heard of. Lots of of the great comic minds of, of our society have graduated from this clown school. So, yeah, we're going to talk to her, see a bit, find out a bit more about what clowning is about what gaulers is all about i don't know much about clowning so i think this is going to be really fun for me and 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 you as well hopefully and yeah and this is the thing i'm not coming from this as if i'm a a great uh a great artist myself you know i want to learn from these people and maybe together we can we can grow uh together so look that that's that's what the show is about i then will tell you this is a section where i tell you a bit about what's going on with my life You you might notice that i'm a little bit I'm not as as perky as usual. It to be honest, guys, it's been a bit of a tough week. Um, one of my friends died of cancer on Tuesday, so it it has been it's been a bit tough. I'm gonna do a bit of a tribute to her. So her name was was Debbie O'Neill. She was someone who, um, who I who I worked with in my first job out of uni, and I was in a certain place in my life where you're not quite an adult yet, but you're you're definitely not a student and You know you at the moment my colleagues are colleagues but back then your colleagues were a little bit more because you'd be at work but then you'd be hanging out together after work all the time and our employer was a a bad employer they they definitely wasn't a great place to work um but uh, that created a sort of camaraderie with people and so she was kind of she was someone who was there for a very important part of my life and then she got a new job and moved to ireland and we lost contact but then she she got she moved back to London and we reconnected and she was someone who would always show up to my birthday parties, who had seen different versions of me, who was interested in what I was doing. And it's really strange because like my last message to her was us. You know, we would we were we were just it was like we were re-nurturing this friendship. You know we were we probably weren't ever gonna be in each other's inner circles but we were gonna be part of each other's lives a bit more and you know a lot uh, my last message to her was us talking about catching up on zoom so it is it's a bit of a strange a bit of a strange situation um but I, I mean th- what's great about Debbie is she I mean, what's strange about it is she she got the disease and then she recovered and, and she got it again. And then you just assume she'd get better. But so I don't really want to get too much into that. But I mean, what was great about Debbie was she was just a very fun person. And she had worked through a lot of her problems. You know, she'd come out of the closet, she had a loving relationship with her girlfriend. It sounds like the last, her last years were actually a very happy time. You know, she had a kitten and they uh they moved in together because of lockdown lockdown actually helped in a way because it it meant that she could have this have this sooner than she would have normally and i or one of my favorite um she was a badass debbie she didn't she didn't take shit from people but she was also very kind and very generous and my what i always think of what always makes me smile is her last day at our job where up to our boss Uh, had a a bowl of apples on his desk and these were like pristine green apples and on her last day she took one of his apples and replaced it with a manky red apple and disappeared (laughs) and he had no idea he was very confused (laughs) the look on his face and then she just left the the green apple in the local pub after her last pint there like a gangster so yeah you will be missed and debbie and your your actions will reverberate through the lives of the people you touched so anyway i hope that doesn't come across as too self-indulgent um it's it's i guess it's just a nice thing for me to be able to do with this space um if only for myself so has it has been a has been a um has been a strange old uh old week i have to say uh but it's been you know it's been a it's been a good week as well. This is this is the weird, the weird side of it. So like our show with mates with comedy has sold out, and it it really feels like we are all the, the work that we've been doing in, in the background. You know, in having meetings and working out what the rules are and setting things up. It feels like it is really, it's starting to come to fruition. We're starting to see the outcomes of it, and there's going to be a really cool program of events this i mean this this business is basically going to happen stand-up comedy is coming to reading and it's going to be good and it's going to be cool so it, it, there's lots of exciting stuff going on in the background that's the that's a funny thing with life it's very it's very diff, very rarely one thing or another but anyway let's <laughs> let's not be too much in my own head reflecting on all that sort of stuff there's some there's other stuff what, what happened what else happened this week i saw i saw space force on, on Netflix, I think Space Force is very good. I don't think it's particularly funny. <laughs> I don't think it's the funniest show in the world. It is a comedy. But I think the characters are very relatable. I think you can you can buy into them. And I sympathise with them because they're basically... They're military people, but they're basically civil servants who are trying to do some good under the Trump government. And I, I feel very i like that i like that kind of and all i can sympathize with that having worked with i mean i worked in the communications team of highways so it's not exactly the same thing but i can sympathize with that and the characters are, are just thoroughly decent this is these are the shows that i like at the moment i like shows where the characters are just thoroughly decent it it does something for me it 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 warms my heart. And I think I think that's that's what I want to see at the moment. I'm kind of tired of seeing cynical TV. I want to see just decent people doing good things. And maybe, maybe that is, as you get older, you get more tired. But it's, yeah, it's heartwarming. I like it. I'm enjoying it a lot. But anyway, uh, so let's have a quick look at the comments. So what have we got? We've got, oh, I've got my friend, old friend from school, uh, Luke, Lord Luke Crook, the real Nick Bard, question marks. Okay, yes. Who knows who the real Nick Bard is? I sure don't. Um, that's why you do therapy. <laughs> um, no, I know who I am. I know who I I know who I am. <laughs> this is existential. But yeah, OK, so anyway, look, so that's enough of me, uh, what's going on in my head, because we've got a show to do, and I'm going to introduce, he's a very funny man. He's my business partner. He's the co-host of the podcast. So can we please welcome Carl Richards?
1: Hey, dude, how's it going? Hey,
0: dude, how you doing, man?
1: Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Oh well, your mustache is looking thicker.
0: I know, so I'm trimming it, and and then I'm just letting it get to there. And I want it to be like thick and bushy, but not too long.
1: You're going, you know, you got to be careful to not go. I like it, but you got to be careful to not go. You're going could be from Marin to maybe seventies porn star, quite. In line, bro. How do I avoid being a 70s porn star? I don't know. That's uh, something that you've got to work out yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of playing it by ear. I'm, I don't want to accidentally...
1: <laughs> walking down the streets. Like, wow,
0: wow. <laughs> I have been told that I give off 70s porn star vibes before. No, I haven't. No one's
2: ever
0: said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Oh, that's something to
1: think about. Under, just, just bear it in mind, you know. I hey, look, and if you want to go something. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know,
1: if you want to start wearing like Hawaiian t shirts with the, with the Tash, it's getting close to summer. I think, you know, you've got to do it bold. You've got
0: to do you. I love Hawaiian t shirts as well.
1: <laughs> so if you're going to go this way, man, you've got to go all the way. I've got, to go I got like three t-shirt.
0: Hawaiian shirts. <laughs>
1: yeah, you've got to know who the real Nick Bayard is. You've be like, yeah, i got a 70s Tash. This is me. <laughs>
0: World, you got to deal with me. They're so obnoxious, the orange shirt. I like them. I, I kind of want to wear them not as a novelty, but I don't think I'm old enough to pull it off. Dude, with that tash, you're pulling it off, man. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Make, you're making a statement, you know. If you, you, How you are you doing, anyway,
0: out. mate? What's, uh, what's what's going on with you at the
1: moment? What's going on with me? I'm um, <laughs> 30 years old. I started my driving lessons this week. Hey! <laughs> I uh, I stalled the shit out of this fella's car yesterday. Oh my goodness! I said that's, to him, "You're gonna make ends. a lot of money out of me, pal."
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it did. but no, it was actually it was it was fun. Um, I did so. I've been doing that. Obviously, last week I was with camping. That took me quite a few days to recover. To oh here. yeah,
0: how's the how's the camping, dude? Well.
1: So I've had a lot, I've been thinking a lot, so I'll tell you in a minute about some of the stuff that I've read. So I've been thinking a lot about being um, left-handed, right? And how um being left-handed, anyone who is left will know that life's a bit of a battle, right? You're just lack of coordination. So I learned this and we we went clay pigeon shooting,
2: mm. and
1: I couldn't shoot anything, right? I couldn't hit the target at all until the, the guy doing it, he went, look through, look through his, his arms like that, and I went like that. And he goes, You're left-eye dominant. So I've never heard of such a thing.
0: <laughs> Again, you're to say, like, yeah, I am dominant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am. That's why I, I am left-side dominant. You're right. That's my rap name. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then what he did, it was amazing. Right? I still got the glasses. He's using uh, the gloves they use. He patched up. Wow. You. Right? Look like and all of it. a sudden, dude, <laughs> bang, I'm hitting every single one. I'm hitting, because I can look at the barrel straight. And I'm like, dude, I didn't miss one. I didn't miss one after it patched up. So I'm keeping these.
0: You're um, like, you're like... A-
1: I look like Dr. X, right? from
0: the nineties.
1: I was thinking Dr. <laughs> X from Action Man, but you know, fair enough. Yeah. Oh yeah, I that's gonna be fair. Quite got to the point where I can turn up to my driving lessons yet and being like, I think this is really gonna work for me. What do
0: you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the driving instructor. I don't know. I don't know if you could pull if you get away with that. You you your eyes work quite well, don't they, Carl? I mean, yeah. I mean, they've got good vision. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need but, glasses or anything to drive.
1: No, I don't need glasses or anything. But apparently, there's an eye dominance thing which happens, which helps you. Which doesn't mean if you're left eye dominant, you sort of look at things at a weird, weird angle. Mm. So I've been looking at things for a weird angle all my life.
0: Makes sense. Well, you've not had to shoot anyone though, so <laughs> that's that's the flip side of it. This is true. That there's never been tested like that. I love the like thought of you of of you being a gangster for some reason and then a fight's about to happen, you're like, wait, guys, <laughs> right. what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm left eye dominant, bitches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> left eye dominant <laughs> <laughs> <Whoop, whoop. laughs>
0: So that's what I, how I think gang wars are. Obviously, that'll probably be uncomfortable for everyone to watch, uh, but yeah. They're exactly like that. Pow, pow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Okay. Well, look. My my writing this week has, Ooh. for various reasons, I've redone the the shots joke, and I'm quite happy with it. But I spoke about that joke the last two weeks, and so I think if I do the same joke but slightly different again yeah. another week, that will it wouldn't be Funny good for out. our audience. And uh, but that is what that I guess that is what writing is, guys. Uh, yeah. you 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 spend three weeks. Changing the wording of a joke. Maybe it's that's just the me. the
1: Problem with this podcast, isn't it? Is that we keep um, showing the audience our shittest jokes before they get any good, and then burn them out by the time that they do get good.
0: Nah, <laughs> nah. They'll because be I've great followed... when they go on stage. will be. All... They'll be like, and also for our loyal followers, they'll be like, oh, oh yeah, this is good. <laughs> <The evolution. laughs> I saw this when it wasn't that funny, <laughs> and they'll get an extra level of satisfaction from it. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the theory. But I mean, how's your writing like oh, do you want to talk about your writing or were you um or have you got nothing to share then not not well everything I, i've been writing a lot about death
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh it's not very funny <laughs>
1: so. um, I, I got some left-handed jokes that i think uh hack at this point but i want one running through it's only a yeah, yeah. page if i may
0: yeah yeah go ahead dude
1: uh, I'm left-handed, and that means you get treated weird at school. I remember that at school my teachers being like, that ain't right. Me.
0: They, <laughs> like the little A's was... <laughs> okay.
1: they say if you're left-handed, you're 8% more likely to be a genius or a serial killer. Well, I'm a fan of the Fast and Furious movies, so don't upset me. <laughs> being left-handed is like being in a world where everything is backwards. A bit like Swindon. Um,
0: uh, <laughs> this fuck is those an guys. One,
1: but, uh, yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> it's a struggle being left-handed, but it's not the type of struggle that anyone cares about. You couldn't hold a protest for left-handed people. What would that even look like? Everybody holding signs, but you can't read them because the first line got smudged so when they wrote. The yeah, second. I like that one. Yeah, that's 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 a good joke. What would a left-handed protest even be about? We want things to be more left. Counter-protest. We want things to be more right. Same as any other protest. Then. <laughs> Uh, feels like you need a thing in comedy now you know a lot of comedies talk about the the struggles of overcoming racism or the struggles of overcoming sexism what about the struggle of being a grown man who needs the sides up when he's playing bowling (laughs) we love a rag to riches story these days i pulled myself out of the gutter which is ironically that's where my bowling ball ends up (laughs) but i like being left-handed because there are so few of us they're only like we're only like 10 percent of the population so when you meet another lefty there's sort of kind of like a kinship like Hey, do you suck up basic coordination? Yeah, I suck up basic coordination. And then we go to high five and smack each other in the face.
0: Uh, did you know that I'm also left-handed, Cole?
1: I did know that. I did know oh, that. Yeah. Okay. You don't seem like a left-handed person.
0: I don't understand. What it's a
1: you're well, okay, my buddy Mark would say, you, you seem like you're a left-handed person, but you've got a right-handed person's soul.
0: I don't understand what that means. Well, uh, I don't know. Is that what a right handed person would say?
1: Yeah, yeah it is yeah because yeah. you're very you're very efficient you're very efficient and organized man it's your it's your strength mm. i think and um yeah i bring
0: i bring think. efficiency and organization to the comedy community I absolutely do It's <laughs> my, my contribution
1: certainly brought it to my entire life but that's nice- <laughs> well yeah I- Cole, more, do this. this. My just, goes, Look, just just, just, do what this Nick guy says, and we'll probably be all right." I was like,
0: "Okay." Who says that? My, my Chelsea. Oh. <laughs> uh yeah, don't, I wouldn't put all of your faith in the God that is Nick Byard. I think
1: he's. <laughs> I've told her as well. Look, he's also, you know, he's got his moments.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. A <laughs> man is not without neurosis. Believe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But no, it's good we can. We've got the agendas and uh, action points sorted out. It, it is good. Yeah. And things yeah. are going well. But yeah, we need to... We, do we need to have a small talk about the show? Uh, it's got, we sold out. That's good. We're both very happy.
1: Oh, yeah, but both happy about this show. Um, we'll do small talk about isn't it? stuff later, but I think um, in terms of this show, we're, we're all good.
0: Yeah, thank you, everyone, for supporting us. And, yeah, it's really cool and exciting, and we're excited about where it's going to be going. Cool. And it's gonna be a really good show on the 23rd anyway okay so look uh let's have a quick look at the comments do we have any comments uh we've got the same comments so that's good that brings us neatly on to our first guest so our first guest is a guy called graham hunter he's a stand-up comic based in oxford he is a friend of mine and he's also i see him as a bit of a community leader but we can maybe we can maybe touch on that a bit later so so graham hunter can you please join the podcast? Hello. Hey,
3: dude. There we go. Nice How you doing, man? I'm fine. I'm fine. I think. I mean, obviously, Carl's completely right about the seventies porn star thing. <laughs> I don't think you should roll out, also having a side job as a helicopter pilot. <laughs> the Hawaiian shirts can totally work with that. Yeah. You just need a cap, and then you, you're away.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Wait.
0: What? I- do helicopter pilots wear Hawaiian shirts? Or is it a trope of Paul's um, dance? They,
3: they often do in both the A-Team and um, uh, Magnum P.I. That's oh, the no. basis of my um, knowledge of, of
1: helicopter pilots. flight. I see a cigar in this situation as well.
2: Sort of while in the helicopter. There,
3: there should be, but as you say, Mike, he's a, a left-handed person with a right-handed person's soul. He's not a cigar person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Well, there goes that vice. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Graeme, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Can you tell me a bit about yourself? How would you define yourself as an artist?
3: Uh, God of comedy. That's great. God of comedy? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, I think I'm very much a storyteller at heart. I think long before I started doing comedy... I loved Spinning a Yarn, and that sort of fed into what I started doing in terms of comedy. I think of myself right now at the moment as mainly a host rather than a stand-up comic. Hmm. Wanting to do more stand-up comedy again, but first and foremost, just chomping at the bit to come back and host. Well, I think I think, I like I that think that your moment. real strength is at particularly at uh,
0: the, the regular show you run in Oxford called You Should Have Been Here last week, is is as a host and, and how you do it you create a really warm atmosphere between the audience and the comics and, and create a really good uh like vibe in the room where people have permission to fail but also have the you know the capacity to do very well as well and and, and is that is that something you have deliberately tried to do in your in your hosting or is well,
3: it... it it's weird because because I, I mean I'm sort of just about up to five years now, including two years off the COVID. And but because of my advanced years, I'm 49 for reference, um, <laughs> a lot of people starting out look at me as oh, you must know a lot. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. But, uh, the I remember thinking is, the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> you, like, once you get to know me, you know, oh, oh no, we're, we're very much peers in terms of ability <laughs> or knowledge uh-huh. or anything. But particularly with the brand, you know. Particularly, proper newbies starting out doing open mic, you know, I do get looked at like that. So, from that, I've sort of been put in that position of, well, you're the, the wise person here. So, and but from that, I do kind of like I enjoy, enjoy doing comedy a hell of a lot. And I kind of see my role now is to help nurture those first pe- those people mm-hmm. on their first few gigs and sort of send them on their way. After a few gigs to go on elsewhere, tell them where to go, in terms of gigs, not in terms of um, where to go. Um, <laughs> it, you know, but just help guide them and also more sort of introduce them to the other people that are a bit more regular there to get them in the right groups, and things like that. So, yeah, I think I do a little bit of sort of guidance. And I think staff. I think you
0: do a really good job of that, Graham. And Absolutely. and what people don't realize maybe uh, who don't do stand-up comedy is that a lot of the knowledge of the circuit is held orally yeah. as in as in like no i mean like so when i started out i didn't even know the worst stand-up comedy open mics so my first like 10 gigs was just me going to music nights and imposing comedy on them uh so Like and then and then so and then when you and then so and then you don't really learn. I it was Rodders who told me, oh no, there are comedy nights that where you can do this here, and and then you learn about the circuit through through people. And so yeah, I think I think that that you being able to give that information is really valuable.
3: Well, well, the the other thing as well is is obviously you know huge fan of comedy all my life, stand up comedy in particular, and so some of the stuff, some of the history and stuff like that, and. You know, I've got um, comedy shows that I'm into from the 1950s. I've got stand-ups that I'm into from 50s and 60s all the way through. So I have seen and heard a lot. I mean, like I love telling newbies about why we do handshakes. Um, which why do we do handshakes? cut a long story short, it's to prove that we're part of the mafia. Literally, actually part of the mafia. Because the phrase stand-up guy is like an ma- Italian-American you know yeah he's a stand-up guy that guy if you were a comedian in a mafia club where there's a lot of shady shit going on you had to turn you know turn a blind eye to an awful lot so if you were good at doing that you were a stand-up guy and that's where stand-up comedy comes from the phrase of it i didn't
1: i had no idea wow that's that's going
0: another clip it's
3: stuff stuff, (laughs) like that it, It also weirdly falls into wrestling and wrestlers do handshakes for similar but not similar reasons in that basically you have to be on the side of the promoter, the business and you have to keep some secrets but in wrestling it's that it's fake but for comedy it's obviously that well, yeah, I'm kind of working for the Mafia, so I probably shouldn't talk about it too much.
1: You're talking about the kind of, like, Sinatra kind of, you know, smoky Vegas. That, that
3: comes out of that. It, it's yeah. earlier, but it yeah. does come out of that, absolutely. Yeah. Jazz is, club, is, kind of thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. It is funny, because a lot of stand-ups are, like, liberals and socialists, but they also work in a very shady environment. So they're, like, going on stage and talking about how we need to, like, overthrow the man and then they're like but not this man this man yes is is i'm not gonna cross him as i say in the the older days
3: because this man could have you killed yeah yeah exactly
1: because he's paying me cash
3: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely
0: Oh, well, look, to... well that's incredible but look Grant, you, you are A writer and a comic in your own right So yeah.
3: how, how do you go about Writing material, what's your process of getting This well, stuff out? There's, there's a couple of ways Because I've sort of got two lines Of writing, one is storytelling And one is One-liners, which, so obviously for doing Hosting I'm more likely to use One-liners there or little Bits of the story hmm. um, So for one-liners It's just I get Stuff pop into my head. I tend to try it out on my poor wife and other people first to sort of verbally confirm this is a thought or not. Mm. (laughs) And then I'll start writing with that idea. Uh, For stories, more, I kind of need to sort of live them first. Mm. I kind of need to have stuff happen to me. I'm, I'm quite, I feel I'm quite good at spotting really minute things in life that make me laugh and make me want to relate them to other people um but that's the process for creating those is I have to do them and you know absolutely one advantage I have got over a lot of comics starting who you know same sort of time as me is that I've had a lot more I've lived a lot longer so I've had a lot more happen to me Mm. and you know if if you're 1920 starting out you haven't had loads happen to you No. And a lot that you did isn't that interesting
0: until you I know cares about your opinions on things.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. So No. Yeah, so it's a part of the writing process for you is going out and like being in the world and and kind of well and also having lived living living 40 years is part of your writing process, but also (laughs) it's about going out in the world and um experiencing it and then seeing what you can get from that.
3: Yeah, but I, I just I just love seeing something in the street that makes me giggle, that makes me go off and think. That's something I'll tell people about that. Mm. Um, and then, as, as I said, Sarah, my my partner, is definitely my first editor. <laughs> there's some stuff just doesn't make it past her, and I say it's. it's she she's very good. She's very funny as well. But she's not mm-hmm. interested in doing comedy, but she's an opinion I massively trust, which is mm-hmm. always nice to have. Somebody you know as a sort of first draft, you can run stuff past and go, "Is there something in this?" Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll be, "Nah, leave it."
0: Especially and, if they're not invested in comedy, it can sometimes be a, a a kind of a better pair of eyes because it's like if if you almost know the theory, you can be like. Oh, I see what you're trying to do there, and I like that. Or, but if it, obviously if you, if another a pair of a non-expert pair of eyes is useful as well. Well, not expert, but you know what I mean. Just someone a lay a lay an audience members pair of eyes. Is
1: I, do, well. I do I the same with, with 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 my missus and it's yeah, it, it's great. They sort of go, they, they can cut through the shit quite quickly. Yeah. While, while yeah. I try and instead of a lot of comedy nerds would over intellectualize the bit and then try and oh, I see what you're doing there. You need sometimes you need someone to go, that's rubbish, Carl.
0: You're yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not to be like, oh, I, I remember you're, you're, that's echoes of this special that I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. we were both trying to do Rodney Dangerfield. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> oh man, I, I love Dangerfield. He's he's incredible. Like the clips of him doing like five minutes on Johnny Carson in the oh, '70s, yeah. when he's absolutely a light and he's not started on the coke yet, <laughs> which is what coke when he sort of hits the mid-80s, Caddyshack, the big boom period for, the first big boom period for stand-up comedy in America, and he's one of the leading lights, and he's spending mo- the majority of his time in a dressing gown coped up with what, prostitutes. At the yeah. age of, like, 60s, oh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> so, you know, I'm not saying that is something that ever plays on my mind, or as... What as, if as I could be... Even... <laughs> but... I strongly suspect I'm going to be, in 10 years' time, I'm going to be hosting open mics in Oxford, and I'm perfectly happy with that. However, if, you know, if the Coke and dressing gown opportunity comes up...
0: <laughs> you yeah. yeah. you only get one life, dude. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, OK, well, look, Grant, can you tell me, you you do run, you know, you've, you've dipped into this a bit about your roles of nurturing acts and new talent, but, but I mean, is there is there sort of a... You run a show called You Should Have Been Here Last Week. Is there sort of a philosophy
3: behind that show
2: um
3: it's really just to, I, I mean there's, there's a couple of things one is obviously the fact that we have in oxford is traditionally oxford and cambridge have produced a lot of comedians not necessarily just stand up but they have oxford has strong uh university comedy group and strong comedy improv group mm. and i like to think that we offer them as well, a different audience, a different world to perform in before they get to the real world almost. It's sort of like, it's still a bit Oxford, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's it's a good place. And I have my contacts in both groups and we'll sometimes ask them, look, is there anybody new here who needs to be doing a bit of stand-up? Mm-hmm. So we get people in that way. But then also to make it equalitist, and it's like, it's for everybody. And you know making sure that our space for the open mic is something where absolutely anybody rolls up is met with enthusiasm and encouragement. Um, told if they you know if, if they come and they're ready to go, they can go. If they're sort of like I'm thinking about doing it, then we'll tell them how it works. We'll tell yeah. them, you know, a lot of people don't understand that you write five minutes of comedy, <laughs> <laughs> <Five> minutes <laughs> of comedy. it's a shock <laughs> to people that have watched that you know, people that it, it's a stand up it's a shock to quite a few people that, oh, you've not, you know, you're not riffing this on stage. You've well, remember written. when you
0: listen, you listen first listen to a comedy CD and you're just like, how are they doing this? Yeah. Everything Ooh.
3: they're saying is
0: funny. How?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the, it's the basics like that or daft things like sending somebody up at half time who's watching and saying, I might come and next week to practice taking the mic out of the stand. Because mm. again, that's such a it, it's an impossible world. I've actually seen somebody on a different gig spend the first doing a long set, spend the first five minutes of their set untangling themselves from the mic cord whilst <laughs> performing all the way through. And it was just, it That's the first
0: one. thing you learn at musician, at doing gigs at music nights, is, yeah, is exactly. untangling the mic. Yeah.
3: This is, this is it. But it, it's, it's just little things like that. Just send somebody up, pick up the mic, see how it feels to hold it. And it's just little tiny things like that so basically from my point of view is taking a bit more of the fear out of it, of you know, helping people know where they where to start out. And, you know, also if people, I try to be good, I am very opinionated about comedy. And I will happily tell people I know reasonably well what I think, you know, in certain terms. I try, I try to be a bit more constructive and helpful to absolute newbies and talk them through a bit more and my main thing is is usually that's the bit of your 5 minutes that i really like mm, that's, that's the yeah bit that should be your 5 minutes mm. you know i'm always, i think it's so much easier to start out with a theme with a single story or idea and expand that to 5 minutes than it is to have 3 4 ideas early on obviously you know yeah yeah. it's fine but I think that's a good helpful practice for your first five minutes because it, it's teaching, it's an easy, obvious way to structure stuff, and
1: that's what comedians need as well, isn't it? We need a, like specific criticism, you know, or specific praise. Like he yes. either either one. No, it's no. hate it. Well, I can't say I hate it, but like, oh, that was good. You like what bit? did You like ah, you know, it was good. Like, no, no, and, no. What what didn't work? Yes. What went wrong? <laughs> like, tell me the fucking the, the what I need to hear. <laughs>
3: and and I mean, if if somebody new goes on, then my ears prick up a, a tiny bit more than normal. I always watch stuff through. I always listen stuff through. Whoever's on, mm. but if I, I know I've got a newbie on there, I'm not necessarily going to tell them. But if they ask, then
0: yeah, I'm you know, you know I'm that on. you you've got value to add in that situation. Yeah. Well, look, Grant, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, before we go, uh, is there anything you're working on that you want to tell people about? No. Okay, that's simple. And the okay. second part so
3: basically, is basically, as I say, I'm doing the hosting thing. I'm waiting for hosting to start. Here in Oxford, there aren't any gigs. Uh, any of my gigs aren't going on yet, but okay. going on soonish. So basically, if you see anything uh, comedy-wise in Oxford that isn't Jericho Comedy, there's a few chance I'll be I'll be knocking around. But if you follow at Graham Hunter, which is G R A E M E Hunter, um, that's where you'll find out what I'm up to.
0: Yeah, great. Okay, thank you so much for joining the podcast, Graham, and yeah, I really look forward you. to seeing you on the circuit. Take care, everybody. Take care, Bye. mate. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> I think what was happening was Gray was like, Isn't it going to boot me out? Or do I need to? I probably need to be more clear with that, actually, that you turn your own mics off and all that sort of
1: stuff. People, I'm annoyed that you've got the intro down to such a fine art now.
0: I know. <laughs> But well look, let's um, let's have um, a quick look at some of the comments so we've got someone just go oh ahoy and then <laughs> yeah that would have been handy to know from graham <laughs> 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 yeah completely my fault uh look, <laughs> well look what a great guest and someone who is making the world and the world of stand-up comedy a bit brighter and a bit warmer and nicer to new people we like what what a hero but uh our next guest is a really funny comedian. She is, as I said, she's a student at Gaulers in France. I think she's a friend of mine. Uh, I'm always happy to see her at the circuit. Uh, and, yeah, that's so funny. No, no, I hate you. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, uh, let's please welcome to the podcast Amy Shaw.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i so... I also think we're friends, Nick. <laughs> uh, yes. So I just, I'll
0: just display insecurity. The insecurity is just like <laughs> glad I think
2: got you should have.
1: Way, guys, well done. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you should just... got that
1: established. Yeah.
2: I should have joined and been like, friends is a bit much. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Yeah, I also really like your pronunciation of my school. Although I don't think I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Gaulers is very funny. (laughs) What's it called? Gaulier? Oh. Oh. (laughs) I'm sorry, but Gaulers sounds, I don't know. Gaulier is a
0: lot more French.
2: I just made it my own
0: pronunciation of what the school is.
2: We can go with Gaulers. Gaulier. I prefer it, Yeah.
0: All right, well, look, thank you so much for joining the podcast, Ellie. Um, Can you tell me a bit about yourself? How do you define yourself as an artist?
2: Um, Well, before, I was definitely a stand-up comedian. Um, And I was looking at my last gig, actually, which was October 2020. But then I have moved to this clown school in France because I do really like stand-up comedy and doing stand-up comedy, but I always felt a bit like like I wasn't doing exactly the right thing for me or something like I want to be a bit more alternative, but I didn't know how to change. So I'm sort of here to try to explore creatively to change something. Cause people would always talk to me about my facial expressions or my physicality or something, but I didn't use it that much. And like, I want to be more like that. Cause I don't think I'm actually the strongest writer in the world. I
0: don't say uh, that.
2: Well, I just thought that because you know some people they can just have a really tight five and then just do that tight five everywhere a hundred times and it always mm. works whereas I've never had a set like that I think for me sometimes it really hinges on do these people like me at the start well then... that's ev-
0: that's everyone though <laughs> okay. but uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, well look, thank look, um so what what is clowning can you tell me a bit more about it
2: I mean I don't know exactly basically the way the school works is that there's like loads of different modules and um The last one is Clowning so I haven't got to that yet that's in Uh, June but it is all sort of leading into Clowning but I think it's about like failing and the clown like doesn't realise they're doing like flopping or doing something rubbish but then the audience loves them and they just keep trying and I don't I don't yeah I really don't understand
0: and is and is is the answer is this something you're doing for yourself creatively or is it a is it to make your stand up is it about making your stand up better what what is it or are you still working that out I guess
2: yeah I'm kind of still working it out but I know that like I would like to do the same gigs but what I do in them maybe not be as like straight just standing there talking yeah yeah
0: to to bring what you've learned into the world of comedy
2: yeah yeah it's weird because here I've been finding that I feel like actually my forte might be being mean which I didn't expect and it it makes me think I should have been better at roast battles but I think (laughs) if I unleash the mean it could be good I think that's the way that I make people laugh the most easily so
0: that's what you've learned
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well the last module was called Buffon yeah, <laughs> and it was, like, about mocking people in power or stuff like that, and I just felt, like, finally, like, oh, I'm doing something that is actually working, so.
0: Oh, wow, that's so exciting. Now, you said you're not much of a writer, but I'm still interested to hear... I, I don't believe that I think you're a good writer, a great writer, and a great comic. So I'm interested to hear about what your writing process is, if you have one, and how you produce material.
2: I do, kind of. Well, so I used to always ideas used to just fall into my head and then I'd put them in a note in my phone when that happened. Although for a long period while I was here, the ideas stopped. But I think that might have been the go to clown school and get broken before they build you back up moment. And that's why maybe my brain just stopped working. But um yeah I'd have the notes in my phone and then when I was doing new material night, i just um I think I'd sometimes sort of try to write out what I would like to say about that thing, but not exactly and then just talk it out with the audience but then it's really weird because I would always find that new material nights would go amazingly for me and then slowly I'd almost make it into a script and slowly it would lose the magic so I'm like
0: mm.
2: I don't know how to (laughs) deal with that. that's
0: interesting is it because yeah because if when it's when they the audience can almost tell can't they when you're saying Mm -hmm. it for the first time and it has a lot of it has some authenticity or something with it and then when, it, when you're just regurgitating it, it, it's, it loses something, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. So that's why I think if I had a, like these perfect like watertight super punchlines, that that wouldn't happen. That's why I'm like trying to think, what is my exact... I don't know. That's a great space be to doing. be in,
0: though, when you, you kind of know you're trying to work it out. Because there's nothing worse yeah. than thinking you've worked it out and then just going <laughs> around being deluded.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sounds like you're trying to work out like a, it's, I don't know, like a comedy mind state almost. Like, is that yeah. what Clowning's is kind of about? I heard something. Sasha Baron Cohen, like, is, is it the same school?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
1: He yeah. something about um, they taught him to like tap into his inner idiot.
2: Is oh it?
1: yeah. That like, it's kind of a that once he locked that, that's when all these sort of his characters started to come out, and he would just direct the character into Borat or Bruno or whichever he wanted to do. it. But essentially, it's the same. He just found his his funny bone I guess yeah
2: yeah I think so um I think the the module I just did about being mean and mocking people kind of but it's like the person you're mocking isn't supposed to realize and you're supposed to be lower status than them and all these things but Mm -hmm. I think stuff like Borat is a bit like that module which Mm -hmm. he did here because he like mocks people while he's talking to them and they don't realize like Mm -hmm. whatever thing he's doing these Americans who don't realize this isn't real yeah so yeah it is like that and the idiot stuff. Yeah I'm I'm becoming a lot more free and confident so hopefully that translates I That's awesome. Know. And can I'm you tell back. me what 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 is
0: Golié this 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 strange clown school in France you've gone to? Can you tell me a bit more about that and what that's about?
2: Um it's very, it's very strange it sort of centers all around this man Golié who's like really old now and he's um he's a clown and basically it's really funny every day I'm laughing so much not just at what's happening on stage but also at the conversation that he's having with us the classmates the audience all throughout basically we get told to do some stupid exercise like come out and do a perfume advert and really sell Chanel to me or whatever and then it's all it almost seems meaningless and then Gollier will just say like how shit they are but in a very like some very funny creative insult once he was talking about my teeth because my teeth are quite big and he was like ah I love your smile when I see your smile I think ah I remember I have to go and practice my piano and I was like (laughs) thank you so just he just has all these crazy creative insults all the time so it's like that's what it's like every day um this weird nonsense world and there's lots of different little modules um, like there was one called Melodrama which was really dramatic but it ends up really funny when people are trying to be that serious as well mm. so it kind of leads into it anyway but yeah it's a weird little world and in the, when I first got here for the first month I was like what am I doing here this is awful this doesn't suit me at all I'm mm. gonna like I'm gonna leave like I was really down and just like
0: right
2: what fuck is going on and um but then once oh, I, I was a bit to it, worried, like, you joined oh, the okay. cult. Yeah, it is. Do you a remember I sent
0: you some messages just like I hope everything's okay. <laughs> 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 if you know if you need to. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was nice, thank you. Yeah, it is a bit cultish, but it's okay. I'm, okay. I'm, leaving, I'm leaving the cult in July.
0: So. And and so for, yeah, for you it's about kind of this, and I guess also what an amazing thing to just live in the world, this world for so long. Mm-hmm
2: yeah it's been really good because I felt quite like trapped in London especially with just being like locked down working in my room mm. for so long I was like I just want to leave and see what adventure I can go on in the pandemic and mm. it has been really nice like this is the first time I've lived somewhere that's not a city I just live in like a basically a small town in the suburbs of Paris and it's like just so nice I like walk everywhere and have cute friends we go to the park and it's just it is a really nice experience it's really strange I don't know how I'm going to explain it on my CV but I
0: don't know how you're going to get back to the real world after living (laughs) living in a small village in France doing clowning for so long
1: wonderful to be honest
2: yeah
1: (laughs) it's been a pandemic kudos
0: to you You, yeah you solved this one you've managed yeah you found a way of of hacking the system
2: yeah I felt like that um, but I am looking forward to coming back. Um, it will be nice to be in London again. Although I think it will feel like ah. Uh,
1: <laughs> how long have you been out there? How when did you when did you? First Since start?
2: October. Okay. Um, and I went back for Christmas, but then I didn't go back for Easter because it's just too complicated
0: yeah. mm. at the
2: moment. So. And um, so, Eddie, are you? What
0: is there any sort of projects you're working on, or, or is the project just just you?
2: Um. Well. I'm supposed to be working towards I'm doing a a split bill at Camden Fringe in ah. August. So that's sort of in my mind, but I don't know what I'm doing yet exactly. I've got a bunch Can of Can you ideas. tell us more
0: about that or or is it is it still in the works at the moment? Well,
2: so it's gonna be like, you know, like a typical split hour. My friend Caroline McAvoy is the other half. She's a Northern Irish comedian in London and um she's really good and she's more like typical really good writing punchline type person so maybe that'll be a bit more serious and then i'm hoping that mine will be my new crazy side which i
0: don't don't know
2: yeah well it might be like characters or something i'm i've got ideas i was thinking about playing like every like every guy i've ever dated or stuff like this because i have had jokes about them before like i i always feel like such a basic bitch for having writing jokes about dating, but there's so many funny things that I find. The other so jokes people got...
0: want to hear as well. That That's the that's the thing, like, I think, what is it? Patton Oswalt said, the truth is hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He said to Mark Harren <laughs> once. When, yeah. And like, yeah, it's great being in you know, shouting in some art center about Marxism or whatever, but, <laughs> you know, you've got to negotiate with the audience at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah so I was thinking I might, when I, because I have all these jokes about them, I could, play some of them and just make these stupid characters but I don't know I yeah <laughs> we'll see but it sounds really exciting we'll yeah
0: well yeah. Look, um Ellie thank you so much for joining the podcast if people want to follow you find out more about what you're doing uh, what where can they find you
2: I think uh best would be Instagram so at Ellie underscore Shaw on Instagram awesome
0: well look thank you so much for joining the podcast and yeah i'm really excited to see the new crazy ellie Shaw <laughs> when we're on the circuit again
2: <laughs> thanks nick thanks <laughs> super nice i mean this is such a nice sunday morning activity so yeah the, i
0: mean this is partly what <laughs> this, this is partly why i've done it it's like it's like yeah i get to just talk to you know we have audience members but yeah we get mm-hmm. to talk to interesting people and encourage people and find out what they're up to
2: so nice. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. Right, we'll see you on the circuit, Ellie. Thank Bye. You, Ellie. Bye.
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, look, what a great show we've had today. Uh, we've had really great um guests. And I think we've really captured the spirit of the show, which is about encouraging people and art being for everyone. And I, I'm really happy about that. But Carl. <laughs> what have you learned? <laughs> what have we learned this week? <laughs> You're such a prick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we've learned from Graham that um, you, you can find your, your role in these places by just, like you said, like a, a community leader. You, you can find your role and you can be the guy who directs people. And he's fantastic, I, th- I think, at doing that. And um, probably, I would say, uh, you should have been here last week, is the most uh, welcoming. Um, open mic that i certainly I've ever made It's you know.
0: also, I forgot to mention this, it's one of the few stand up comedy open mics where you can just show up and perform.
1: Yeah, it's like it feels like the in the, the country. Sure. Like, I spent so like quite a few years just doing like London open spots where you've got a fucking book mm. month in advance and he's like, this doesn't, I remember thinking like this doesn't feel like you're what you're supposed to do. This wasn't like the, like, this wasn't the way like the movies made it seem. Whereas um, you should have been like, last week makes it seem like movies make you see you know like you roll up and you say hey do you have space for me
0: yeah and 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 also to create that space is something it's yeah. a real achievement um that i don't think graham gets enough credit for because it's literally one of the few ones in the country where you can do that
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i can't actually think of another one right now
0: i don't think there yeah is. Um, yeah i mean i mean that's an incredible thing um, but anyway yeah so we've learned about being a community leader i think i think we've learned from ellie about the idea of of your own self discovery and and going back to kind of your roots and immersing I think you've yourself.
1: From Ellie, how to fucking how how to spend a lockdown.
0: I know we learned that as how well. <laughs> to
1: be a clown. I mean, that is that's smashing, it isn't it?
0: I know. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, we've, I mean, we've, we, we've been here trying to build a business, but that's been a lot of work, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been a lot of been a lot of uh, stress, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got, she's got great i think it's a great move yeah
1: absolutely you know it's just the the school that um sasha baron cohen uh trained in I mean, she, I mean she's gone to france to fuck about but that is the best way to fuck about
0: well yeah and also <laughs> I also, i think we've learned about thinking strategically about your development as an artist
1: finding your groove, right finding what what um follows you know what what feels right to you and not and
0: creating a space for you to be creative and immerse yourself in it absolutely
1: yeah Follow your strengths. I think that's the case of, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, look, um, yeah. I've really, I think it's been a great episode. Um, Carl. Um, so you've got a podcast, haven't you?
1: I do have a podcast. Mate. I thought
0: you were going to have it on the mug. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have done it still.
0: Yeah, but it was just a mug with like Greenwich Village on it. What? The... It just got strawberries on it. Yeah, I yeah. I do strawberry podcast. No, it's got a pod You've got a podcast called this week's playlist.
1: Playlist with uh, I me, mean, Carl Richard. Um... If you're a fan of hip hop, funk, jazz, and knob jokes, comes out every Monday, so that'll be coming out tomorrow evening.
0: Check it out. Cool. Oh, and uh, and then we've got uh, uh, someone just put if you're gonna do a, oh, I think someone we've got a troll. Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, oh my god, mate! If you're gonna do a pickup line to her, be creative, man. Okay, that's a strange thing to have read in the comments. Maybe we won't read all the comments. Are we? Are we? This Oh, that's from me. Oh, that's from me saying I think we're friends. <laughs>
2: oh right. <my. laughs>
0: yeah. So sorry. Yeah. Carl. Carl's podcast this week's playlist every Monday at uh well every Monday he talks about um talks about uh hip hop. Right, really I make good. a
1: playlist of music and then just waffle in between. It's like a radio show that you can never have on the radio because I have to talk about.
0: Yeah, I really enjoy it. I'm really getting into hip hop from it and. Uh, we're here every every Sunday at eleven a.m. and our show we've got shows coming on, but none in the works yet, but they will be announced. I think well they'll be announced at some point. Uh, basics, so basics, ha- I think there'll be more announcements. Yes. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. And uh, we hope you have a great weekend. And in the meantime, keep writing. Ta-da. Oh, yeah. (laughs)